Hello, 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 all my timid listeners. Welcome to Atlanta Discourse. We are De Balogo. Yes, we are back again. Every Friday, we come up with a very interesting, something that will captivate you, something that is relevant to your day-to-day life. We talk a lot about politics, history, what have you. Today, we are still on politics. We're still talking about Nigeria. Nigeria, as you all know, I've always said it, is the largest concentration of black people on the planet. So it's a relevant country. It's a relevant uh, part of the divide. We need to talk about it. They, they, I've been told, I've read also that one out of every six black people in the world is a Nigerian. One out of every four sub-Saharan African is a Nigerian. So today, we've all learned about the man Peter Obi, the new kid of the block in Nigerian politics that came and like he, he really came big time, you know. He was predicted in almost all the polls that he was going to be president. For some reason, he wasn't declared the president. Now he's in court, he believes he's going to win. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Peter Obi, that's, that's the topic. Peter Obi, can he win in court? Good question, but that's the topic. Can Peter Obi win in the court? So you all know here, like I said earlier on Atlantic Discourse, we just go for the facts always, you know, discuss, embrace humanity, just to disseminate positive news in the world filled with bad news. We make sure we give a voice to the unheard, we balance the information equation, we search and discuss the facts wherever I live. We combine the best of the human race to get the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed countries in the world. We embrace always business, art, sport, IT, health, history, and faith-based issues, we never shy away from the fact. So today we talk about Peter Obi, the Nigerian presidential candidate. Can he win in court? Yes, we're going to divide this segment to just three major areas. We're going to, number one, we're looking at the main issues. And number two, we're looking at the Nigerian judiciary, the electoral commission, and government generally in Nigeria. Are they independent? Are they are those institutions strong enough? That's number two. Number three, we're going to look at the international community, how they are responding to the Nigerian scenario. And last but not the least, what are the likely outcomes? So let's kick the ground running as usual. So the main issues, you know, Obi, we all know, came toward, you know, the result has been announced, the rest is history. But like I said, <coughs> excuse me, is in court. So why is he in court? Six top reasons, some say five, I think six. But I mean, it's usually five, but I added something else because I was a part of it, I broke into two for proper explanation. So the main issues are one, 25% of FCT. Everybody, when most people in Africa or Nigeria, when they hear 25% in FCT, they know what I'm talking about. The constitution says whoever is declared winner must have majority vote. You know, he must have the largest overall vote amongst all the contestants. Yeah, that's a given. For you to win an election, you must have more votes than every other person. But there, there are other, you know, things you have to look at. One of which is that the constitution says you, you that candidate, before he's declared winner, must have 25% in two-thirds of the states and Abuja, yes. That's where the bone of contention is, that Abuja. That Abuja is the FCT, the Federal Capital Territory of Nigeria. So what the constitution says is that whoever wins will have to 25% of two-thirds of the state and FCT. So there's a lot of argument on that and people have gone to court for interpretation. Clearly, if it is, if Palatinum must have 
25% in Abuja, which he clearly doesn't have, then he has not won the election. That means INEC has already law. So people have gone to court for that. Obi has put it before the uh, election petition tribunal, you know, that the, the Tinubu can't be declared winner because of that. So that's just one of the key issues. And if you look at one section 133, and I mean, it's, it's just the way I said it, you know, that and it makes it conjunctive. You want to know what my opinion is? Yes, I think the Supreme Court has ruled on it in the past that, yes, whoever will be president of Nigeria should have 25, at least 25% of the vote in the federal capital territory. Because the constitution also said there shall be 36 states in Nigeria, that is to say, Abia all the way to Zamfara. So, and it never added FCT to it, you know. So those are the 36 states, you know. And clearly, the same constitution in part one, you know, says Nigeria shall be a federation consists of state and a federal capital territory. So I think that settles it. And in, in the past, the people that also ruled that, you know, that uh, I think it was Buari versus Obasanjo, where Buari said Obasanjo did not win FCT, and the Supreme Court, in their own wisdom, said he doesn't have to win the FCT, he only needs to have 25% of the vote casting FCT. So that's that on that, you know. So, secondly, the second one, the second major issue that is Shetima's double nomination. Yes, there was double nomination. Shetima initially, Abinicio was supposed to be a senatorial candidate in Bornu State before it was picked as Balatinum, by Balatinobu to be his running mate. So what Obi is saying right now is that, he, he, I mean, the constitution is clear. You can't run for two offices at the same time. You can't be a senatorial candidate and a vice presidential candidate at the same time. So what Obi is saying is that by the time Tinumbu nominated Shetima to be his running mate, he was still a senatorial candidate in Borno State. And if you all follow the case in Bayelsa, when Leon, the, the guy that won the election, he was about 24 hours to swear in, then the court ruled because his deputy gubernatorial candidate had some discrepancies in his documentation. I think his wife read also or something like that. So what Obi is trying to do is that if Shetima is disqualified on those grounds, you automatically affect him more and the whole ticket. So those are two strong areas. That's why the likes of uh, Ozekome, SAN, Ulisa Agbaku, SAN, they're all saying that, look, before the swearing, the court will at least interpret and explain to people those first two. That's the 25% in FCT and the double nomination. That all the other ones which I'm going to go through now could, could be dealt with later. So number three, Balatinumbo drug-related issue, money laundering in the USA and all that. Yes, he had a case of forfeiture in 92-93. The money was 460000 and uh, the, the case was... Uh, was in, in the state of Chicago. We have seen the certified true copy, it is true. Balatinumbu forfeited $460,000 back to the US government. And the case said that those money were illegal money, money made from drug trafficking. There was laundering money for people. So, I mean, that's bad. Nobody wants their president to be, to be a, a money launderer for drug dealers and all that. That is not deniable. We've seen the certified true copies. And the unfortunate aspect of all these areas that Balatinbu said at that time, from some interview he granted years back that he used to work for Deloitte in America and there was money made from Deloitte that was saving, you know, and Deloitte has come out based on investigation by uh, ace journalist David Undeni. Deloitte said they do not have Balatinbu in their record. So now, but what the beast team is saying that for him to have even been involved in that case, 
for him to have forfeited money, then he is not fit to be president. And a good reference is uh, well, the current chief judge of Nigeria, Justice Oluka Ariwola. He ruled in 2014 that a, that forfeiture means a loss of right, privileges, or property because of a crime. That means Balatinobu committed a crime since he forfeited $460,000 of drug money to the U.S. government. So he committed a crime, clearly. That was something said by the current Chief Justice of Nigeria at that time without having any proposition of this case. So this case will definitely get to the Supreme Court. So that's another area. The fourth one for me there is a certificate forgery. I've always talked about it. Now, uh, and I'll say it again. What will be saying here, what they're saying here is that in 1999, when Tinubu was, uh, was the gubernatorial candidate for Alliance for Democracy, the form he filled for INEC, that's the Nigerian Independent Electoral Commission, he, the primary school he put there, they said he attended, does not exist. The secondary school he said he attended, that's government college, he bad on, he never attended the school, that's in public. He said he went to Chicago State University and University of Chicago. Now, there were a lot of issues around it during that time, 99 to 2010, by the late Nigerian lawyer, Danny Fawemi. Now, we know he never went to the University of Chicago, even based on the investigation at that time. We found out that the primary school said they attended, never existed. The secondary school said they attended. Yes, he never did. So, but the impression was that, okay, he went to Chicago State because there was a bulletin that attended Chicago State University. So that, that now I rolled out to 2023, running for president, he filled the same form again. This time he omitted the primary school he attended, he omitted the area I was supposed to put the secondary school. Now buttressing the fact that he never attended those schools he put in the form in 1999. So now Chicago State, now we now know, we have been told from subpoena document, certified true copy from Chicago State University that the bulletin board that attended that Chicago State University is a she, a female, so clearly not uh, a male. So it's not this bulletin board, and there's no Ahmed on that on that university form for Chicago State. Just bulletin board, so clearly not Ahmed. But people grapevine will have it that yeah, they know who that woman or the lady or that female is, but. We don't, we have not confirmed that. We don't have anything authoritative about that. So I'll leave that in it. But clearly, so that's what we're saying that whoever Balatinobu is, everything he put on his INEC form is a big lie. Number five, not following INEC guidelines. Yeah, that's one of the things that they're saying in court that they didn't even follow, INEC did not even follow its guideline itself. So, you know, because the, the chairman of INEC, Professor Mahmoud Yakub, said, uncountable times emphasis on uncountable times on video audio that they're going to use the beavers machine because there's a 2002 electoral law as amended that said they have to capture with the beavers machine it is true that INEC can communicate the results they they, they they have the prerogative to you know to conduct the election however when they deal with but they have said uncountable times that they're going to use the beavers machine for accreditation they are going to use the private machine to transmit results real time online. That's why they budgeted over 300 billion naira for the election, and they did not follow it. The election is a sham, is a big mess, a big mess to Nigeria. So we know, we all know that. So that's that. Then finally, the other thing is about Guinean nationality. The former Tinubu, the uh, candidate of APC, the president elect right now. Field, 
they asked him if he had dual nationality of any nation. He said no. Now we've since found out that he had a Guinean passport as Guinea Conakry. Now it's not just a Guinean passport, it's a Guinean diplomatic passport. So now most of these cases, some of the lawyers have said that they are pre-election issues, but the article team have added it right now because under Nigerian law, that's perjury. Because the place where they asked him, there was a space there that was asked, do you have any dual nationality? You know, and I need to add here that having dual nationality does not stop you from being president of Nigeria. But when they ask you the question, you must answer yes or no, and rightly so. You must not lie about it. In this case, he denied having dual nationality. Now we know he has Guinean nationality in by Nigerian law, that is perjury. So those are the key areas, you know, that you know, like I told you about says five, but the perjury area was a ticketing that added it. But today we're talking about Peter B. Cardin winning court. So those are the areas he's looking at in court. And does he have hope in any of the well? I've told you what the 25% of FCT says constitutionally, I think that's clear. The Shetima nomination, it's also very possible for it to affect the Tinubu ticket because the INEC response and the APC response do not particularly, you know, tally. So I think there's a lot of anky-panky there and, you know, the certificate forgery has been proven beyond reasonable doubt. The drug issue has been proven beyond reasonable doubt. INEC following guidelines has been proven beyond reasonable doubt. Guinean nationality and perjury has been proven to be reasonable now. So the onus is now on the Nigerian judiciary. So now let's go to the second segment, which is to looking at the judiciary, the incorporating INEC, that's independent and the electoral commission. Yes, just two days ago, the uh, Peter Billigal team said they only got 30% of a document they requested from INEC. So clearly INEC has a lot to hide. I mean, we I think they know they bungled the election and there's a lot, but they, they will have to come forward with all these documents, whether they like it or not. So the Nigerian judiciary clearly is under a lot of pressure, overwhelming pressure for that matter. So the, the, the stakes are very high, extremely high. I mean, according to Chatterhouse in UK, they said, despite the promise of technology and legislation, Nigeria's 2023 election have resulted in mistrust and revealed deepening divide, yes. That's chapter one, deepening divide among tribes, deepening divide among religious uh, groups in the country. And it's not really good. So, I mean, one of the things affecting the president-elect, so to say, is that he doesn't really have a pan-Nigerian mandate, you know, because I think he, the guy has about 90 million registered voters, you know, less than 30 million voted. He got about 8 million. He didn't win in Lagos. He didn't win in River State. He didn't win in the K-Staters, Cardinal, Katsina, Kano, you know. So, those are the really cosmopolitan part of Nigeria. But we're not talking about Balatinubu. The courage can Peter be winning court. So, I've highlighted the six issues that he, he wants uh, the judge, the judiciary to rule on. And I think he has very good chances with those questions. But the judiciary, one of the core Nigerian institutions, are they independent enough? I think it will be hard for them to ignore all these things, you know. INEC, we know, is not cooperating. Everybody sees INEC now, not just as a party in the case, but they actually acting like that. the that the ruling party, APC, you know, they, they, there's a way they can do it. They can be more professional about it. But, I mean, God knows they have just been most unprofessional. And it looks like they have a lot to hide. They might not be able to back uh, the result they announced with, with uh, documents. I think that's where the problem 
really is, you know. So now the other forces are clear. You can see there's divide and rule in, in the Labour Party. But I think some uh, about 24 hours ago, the appeal court ruled in favour of the Abure faction. That's the, the the main chairman of the party. But there, are, I do think there are other forces that are trying to disunite, break the Labour Party into fragments. You know, and the, the party, the the renegade group has said they might want to withdraw the case in court. So it does look to me that maybe what will be said is really affecting some very strategic interest in Nigeria, possibly in the ruling party, possibly among the people and loyalists of the president-elect because it will be that was announced Todd. Why is there so much emphasis on what he's doing in court? Why is there so much emphasis with his own political party? Why can't they just ignore him and focus more on Abubakar uh, Tiku, who is a PDP candidate will I think is second you know but Obia said look I came first and he can prove it and he has gone as far as saying that he knew he won in Benway State he was cheated Diamond Lagos State the bastion and home of the uh the APC presidential candidate he won with just a few thousand he said that he was even cheated you know that he had almost a million votes and PDP the other opposition party said based on their own tally for Lagos State, yes, they know Obi had almost a million. So it might be, you know, it, it might be difficult for the INEC to, to dispute that. Maybe that's why they're not actually coming up with document, the EC8 and all the other relevant documents that by law they should give to all the, you know, parties involved, but they've been reluctant to do that. So they might not be able to prove why they declare social result at social time, you know. So now, right now, everybody's in court. The Labour Party, that's uh, the party of uh, Peter Obi, they want a live transmission of all the events. INEC, the electoral body says no, the ruling party says no, what do they have to hide, you know. People have said, look, the, the three branches of government should do things, you know, for everybody to see. After all, they're taxpayer funded anyway, so what do they have to hide? The, the president addresses the people in public, live. The uh, legislator does the same thing. Why is the judiciary trying to do the same thing? So there should be a ruling on that any moment from now. And when that ruling comes, we'll know. But it does look like nothing is stopping that from happening, except if the judiciary wants to be at the whims and caprice of the ruling party. So those are the other issues there. Apart from those issues that have been taken to court, the judiciary, are they going to be an independent institution? If they're independent enough, well, Never know. INEC is not cooperating, like I said. So it does look like they have a lot to hide. So those are obstacles against this gentleman realizing his ambition, if there is. Then recently, there was an expose by the BBC. We're going to talk about that later. So the third segment we're looking at the international company. Okay, how do they see the whole thing? Yes, there's been congratulatory messages, but it has not been as overwhelming as it should be, you know, considering the fact that it is Nigeria, like I said, the largest concentration of black people. Just uh, two days ago, the US, you know, issued a visa ban on all the people that disrupted the election, that cheated. Yes, we don't have a list, you know, people that cost ma'am, Darid, Khaled, everybody that did something negative to score to that election have been given a visa ban, you know, and thought possibly from my experience it might even be for life because there was a case in Nigeria about a year or two back where the Nigeria Supreme Court ruled that someone that came forth in an election as an emo state became the winner. That was a very terrible judgment. And all the judges involved to add their visas 
revoked and those that don't have visa have been banned from traveling to the United States. So I think that is good, you know, it's, it's a positive, you know, everybody wants to come to the United States for one thing or the other. And we, we have not seen the leaves, but we've heard that there are governors, INEC official, political big wigs on the list. Who know someday, sometime, you know, but that's the way the international community have reacted. But the Secretary of State, two, 48 hours ago, still called the president elect to congratulate him and all that. But usually, by American standard, if they regard you, your country is going to be president to president, you know, it should have been Joe Biden because Joe Biden has called presidents of other countries to congratulate them. So it does show that the, the United States. It's not an overwhelming endorsement vis-a-vis -vis what happened with the election. If the election was really mad, you know, it was terrible, terribly organized election, the worst Nigeria has ever seen. So that's that. So back to the BBC report I was trying to talk about. Yes, they did an investigation. They narrowed the investigation to River State and said that even though the INEC declared a ballot number one river state, but it never did. That was Peter be that one river state. They came with empirical evidence and it was really, 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 really embarrassing for, for INEC and for Nigeria, you know, because it was clear that even the, the INEC official, the supposed INEC official that declared the last, uh, that declared the last result, the result of the of the presidential election in River State is not even an INEC staff, you know. It's not it's not even who he said he is, it's not even the staff of the I institution that he said he worked for. So there was a lot of exposure in River State. They went to the IRF, they discovered that River State was won by Peter Ubi. So all these are just kind just buttressing one of the major reasons why Ubi is in court, which is one of the fifth reasons I gave earlier on that. INEC never followed his guidelines, you know, and in River State will be won overwhelmingly, but INEC announced that it was Tinubu. As we speak, Obi's legal team has asked INEC River State for documents, certified true copies of Formicid and, and, and others to show how they got to the winner, you know, and as I speak to you, they've not received anything. So that's also not good, you know. So now, having said all this, like I said, there are six issues in contention, 25% of FCT, which Tinobu didn't win, will it affect him? I think yes. Chetima's double nomination, I also think it's more trouble. Tinobu's drug, money laundry, and certificate forgery, I think it's, it's very big trouble for anybody, you know. INEC uh, not following guidelines, it's now in public domain, <laughs> even they cannot, you know, back up the figures they announced, you know. So, Guinean nationality poetry was a fact, but Latinumbu has a Guinean diplomatic passport. So on all the six grounds, based on what we know, yes, Peter B has very good idea. But it's Nigeria, what do you know? As I said, can the judiciary, you know, live up to his billing? Can cooperating INEC be a major order? Or, you know, and you never know all the other forces at play, you know. So so that's it. You know, that's why maybe people say, oh, INEC doesn't want it to be broadcast live and all that. So what are the likely outcome? Yes, Obi has asked them to declare the winner or they will possibly having a rerun, but that rerun will not involve Tinubu at all because they believe that the Shetima uh, double nomination will disqualify him, that him not winning the 25% of FCT and all. But the confidence Obi's team is radiating that, look, we know we won. They said, they even 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 said, they
and evidence to prove it is what INEC has refused to give them. But they even say what they have that they can nail it. So we wants to be declared. Well, it's not impossible, but I'm saying that look, let's see how it goes. You need an independent judiciary, you know. So likely outcome, likely outcome. I think Tinubu is gonna have troubles. I don't know the kind of troubles he's gonna have, you know, vis-a-vis -vis but I think it's almost impossible for him to navigate out of all these issues. It's it's a tough, it's a tough call. There are already empirical evidences in the public domain. You know, I mean, I'm sure he has some semblance of education somewhere, but maybe not in the name of Balame Tinumbu, but there's a lot, there's a lot in this. So I think that explains why the ruling party is going after Labour Party to, you know, to mess them up, you know, divide them, make them not speak in one voice. So now back to the topic of the day. Peter Obi, can he win in the court? Yeah, I think he has a fantastic chance. I honestly, I honestly think he does. Now, what, what's giving me the confidence is that if he, if he didn't have the opportunity, if there was no chance for him at all, I think the ruling party would have just ignored the Labour Party, you know, and, you know, just look, there's nothing you can do about it. But let's go to court. Everybody will go to court and trash it out. But that's not what's happening. Aine cannot come up with documents. You know, just to defend himself, Obi's team has asked for this, that, that, and the guy that is representing Obi seemed to know what he's doing. He really, really, he was a lawyer in Oshun State for Adelike. So, I think Obi has a fantastic chance. And at the end of the, I think the worst case scenario, honestly, I think the worst case scenario in all this would be a rerun. Yeah, I mean, it might even involve Tinumbu. You understand, but I think that's the the, the worst case scenario for Obi and for you know but I do think there's a strong chance that Tinubu will be disqualified and Obi might get it you know because even for Atiku who said he came second because if you go to the IRF now based on what you have on the IRF that's a INEC database for all results Obi is actually second and that's the truth you know so meaning that there's something wrong now you have to also know that Atiku 2 is in court Article of the PDP, a back article, a perennial presidential candidate. And I mean, rightfully so, I've read this petition, fantastic ground. I have even told people that his petition, even in my opinion, might even be stronger than Obizon based on what I read. But so everybody has grounds for this and that. But Article does not have the 25% in FCT, Tinobu doesn't have. So if the institution hold, this is my inference now, conclusion. If the institutions hold their ground, when I say institution, I'm talking the judiciary. 80% of this is now, the onus is 80% of the judiciary, the Nigerian judiciary. If they hold their ground and do the right thing, I'm not saying favor or be favor article favor. If they hold their ground, the law is clear. You have to win so, 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 in so, so. That is, you must win. Apart from majority vote, you must win. 25% of two thirds of the state and Abuja is conjunctive. Just like me saying, oh, okay, bring seven of your friend and uh, Mr. So-so-so. If you bring seven of your friend and you don't bring Mr. So-so-so, then there's, there's a missing link. It's conjunctive, so it's self-explanatory. So that's it. The onus is not on the Nigeria judiciary. Everything is self-explanatory. And I think Obi can get it at the judiciary. I really think Peter Obi can winning court because the Nigerian election, the 20 election was was poor, it was a major shamble. It's it was just a shame on, on the entire black race. You know, I haven't voted almost three hundred and fifty billion naira on that and 
I don't think at the end of the day people will go to prison. That's why I think people like Governor of River State should be very worried because even the APC will throw some people under the bus. That's it. So I'm gonna call it a wrap there, you know. Peter B. Kani winning court, yes, is a yes. That's my conclusion. It's a yes. But it is subject to the institution holding. It is difficult to get a technicality around all this. It is really difficult. That's why I think the lawyers do they know what they're doing. So so that's that. Next week, I'm coming to you with another fantastic topic on Nigeria. Now it's Bolatinobu, President-elect or President-select because we are less than two weeks to swearing ceremony, you know, so which is May 29th. So I'm sure between now and next week, Friday, a law will have happened, a law will have, you know. So we have clearer picture. Already there's a judgment that is expected on Tuesday outside the election petition tribunal to declare whether Tinubu should be sworn in based on not getting the 25% in FCT or not. So it's a very interesting 10 days for Nigeria. So it's a wrap there. Thank you for always listening. And I promise I'll continue to turn out more interesting and educative issues, topics rather. Good night. God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye.